As you would know if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, we are doing a series on the authority of the believer. And friends, this is, in some ways, it's, it's a topical sermon series. It's not, it's not we're not uh, taking a book in the Bible and exegeting it scripture by scripture. We're taking a topic that I believe is very important and that as, as a leadership group, we were together and we just really felt this is what God wants to say to the church. Because church is about equipping people that they can walk in power. The power of the church has never been behind the pulpit. Alright, if you think that the power in church is behind the pulpit, then I want to encourage you that God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, not just on pastors. I am a pastor, so I can, I can slag them a little bit. That's the word in Ireland that we use for, for what do you, what's that word? If you slag someone, if you mock someone. I'm a pastor, so I can mock pastors. All right, they're not that cool. All right, they're not that special. Many times people think pastors are the bee's knees. They're really, they're just humans. All right, ask Linda, she lives with one. But um, friends, um, as a church, our heart is to equip the saints for the work that God called them to. And I tell you, the church is meant and it's purposed and it's destined to be the most powerful force that this human earth has ever seen. Because Jesus said, not even the gates of hell will prevail against what? The church. No, no, no. Sorry. Let's rewrite that. The gates of hell will not prevail against the pastors. Alright. So, sorry guys. I'm no. Friends, the church is God's answer to the world. And by default, that means you are God's answer to the world. And when we are together and when we stand in a circle and we take hands. And we just stand before an almighty God and we say, God, here we are. You know what voices will scream back at you? Every single voice in the world that is becoming, becoming louder and louder and more prevalent and more accentuated. Just switch on the news and you will hear the voices screaming to you, saying, you are Nothing will change in you or through you. But then I go to my Bible and I read a different story. I read a story where there's the God that created heaven and earth. He sent His only beloved Son to die for us, to take away the curse that sin brought into this world. And He says, okay, now I can start empowering you. And we're studying that last song that we sang. It's a difficult song to sing. Who found it difficult to sing? Don't, lay, don't raise your hands. Because Luan chose it. So if you want to be mad at someone, focus your anger on Luan. But, um, but friends, it's a difficult song to sing, but the theological depth of that song warrants it. The word in the songs warrant it being sung. And if you can use a song to get you to memorize the Word of God, you better use that song to memorize the Word of God because that is the power that God gives to you. I promise you when the devil pitches up in your room and you need to resist the devil, you will not grab your phone and say, hey, devil, just give me a sec. I just want to get the podcast. Before you get to quiz this podcast, you're going you're gonna to stand humiliated. 
You're going to stand humiliated. And friends, if we build a church on the, on the sermons that we preach, on the, on the leadership team that's in the church, leaders are in a place, they're in a position for a function. They don't have a position for acclamation and for people cheering them as good as people. And when we focus, when we get people to focus on the right thing, we will start seeing God restoring power to the church. God destined you. God destined you to experience the authority of the believer. Let me read you a scripture and tell you a story. Genesis 1 verse 26. I'm recapping. If you listen to the last four week sermons, you can. Uh, I really want to encourage you to go listen to the sermons. It'll help you. Genesis 1 verse 26. This is where authority comes from. Then God said, let us make mankind in our own image. And in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the, of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over the creatures that move among, along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them. Them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. In theological world, we call this the dominion mandate. In the olden translations, it says, have dominion over the earth. God designed you to bear his authority. That is why you are frustrated when you are helpless. That is why you are frustrated when you live in fear. Friends, fear is knocking at the door. Every one of us know its voice. But in, when fear faces you, go to the next slide, please. Next slide, please. Gents, you need to help me. Yeah, there we go. Bearing God's authority is our birthright. The same birthright that you have to bear God's authority it is your birthright to hear God's voice. I struggle when I speak to so many believers and I say, what is God saying to you? And I get this look in their eyes that it's like, I hear what you're saying, but I'm... And I know I need to say yes, but yes. You, you know that, that yes. That's not really a yes. It's actually a... From Genesis, when God created man, He created him with a dominion mandate. And we lost that authority that God has given us because of sin. And I want to talk about that because today we're wrapping up the series. I was playing rugby in school and I was in standard eight and I played for the third team of our school. And I can, I'll never forget this, we had a guy in our, in our school, and the only reason why he didn't play first team is because he was really lazy. But he was a big boy. His name was Klaasie van Amerva. Now Klaasie van Amerva grew up in the Koerbokkerveld. I don't think his dad had a tractor because he had Klaasie. Okay? <laughs> this guy was big. 
They were farmers. He grew up in the Kobukafel. He was just he was just a he was just a big boy. For a standard eight guy, yeah, I think I gauge him about 85 kilograms. Big boy. And Clossy didn't play stit. He played center. And I can remember we played one game against this team and and I don't know what happened. We had the scrum and Clossy got the ball and he just started running. And it was like Jonah Lomu in that World Cup, you know, it was just like people flying around him and this guy was just like, what, what are you doing? And he saw the cry. And the next upsort came and caught the ball and I don't know what happened, but Klausi got the ball and he just scored a try. And the third time, as Klausi was running, I can remember clearly, everyone heard it, even the crowd next to the field heard it. Stom weg is Just get out of his way, it's the big guy, come here. And Klausi scored a try. We demolished them because of Klausi. Now, on the field, Klaus, he had authority. And the other team knew it. They knew it. They didn't even try. They didn't even try to stop him because every time they tried to tackle him, they just came out much worse than him. If I ask you the question, if you are facing the battle that you are currently facing, that you are currently in, the faith crisis, the faith, the, the thing that you're hoping for, you might be in a faith crisis where you don't have enough faith for your crisis. Like the lame man standing at the, at, the, at, the, at the gate of the temple. He's lame, man. The only reason why he's there is because he's just begging. Please just give me money because I want to keep living. And here, Peter and John walks and they said, Silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we give to you. Get up in the name of Jesus. That dude didn't have enough faith for his battle. You might be there. You might be someone that is in a battle and you have enough faith, but you are so tormented that you live in more fear than what you do in faith, but you do know that you're a child of God. Or you might be a man that knows his God and that's confronting the battles that he's confronting and you are just standing without seeing the outcome and without seeing the victory that you're trusting God for. Linda and I watched, what's that movie's name? The... The Hiding Place, Anne Frank story. Ah, not Anne Frank, Corrie Ten Boom story. Really, do yourself a favor. It's an Amazon Prime. Go watch The Hiding Place. And see what faith does in a concentration camp. See what the authority of the believer looks like when you're sleeping in a flea-infested dormitory where there's about four people to the size of one single bed. See what authority of the believer does. See what God does. Friends, when we understand the gospel, you become at one moment the most humble person in the world and at that same moment the most confident person in the world. Now, put your, picture your situation. Picture the battle that you're fighting. And imagine Jesus standing next to you. Imagine the God of the universe just says, man, I've got this. Take your hand. How do you feel now? I can do this. I can do this. I want to refer to Corrie ten Boom, but you can translate it into what you are going through. They're sitting in that concentration camp, and that in many times, people called it death camps. There were death camps, and then there were punishment camps. They were basically in both. 
And God pitched up in the situation. And, and the story, the last three minutes of that movie, they have an interview with Corrie, with that lady. And she just says, I have gone to more than 60 countries in the world. And I've gone to tell people what I promised my sister I'll tell them. That I don't care how deep your pit is, God is, God is deeper still. That's authority. Authority is not a quick fix to get you out of your stuff. Authority is not a quick fix to get your bank account to look like it should. Or like you hope it would. Authority is being submitted to God to the point of death. May the last breath I breathe. Friends, and this is a scary sermon to preach. Because God usually tests you on what you say. Just but God. Help me to worship you with my last breath. Help me to, to have eternal perspective that this world is temporal and it's the only weapon the devil has against you. People who understand and who can see God in this world is like Paul that says, for me to die is gain. Guys, for me, the best thing, the literally the, my biggest prize that can happen is I can die. Because then I open my eyes in heaven where there's no sin, sickness or suffering. There's your S's for you, my alliteration for the day. No sin, sickness or suffering. They understand that there's this world and in this world God calls me to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. My testimony. Romans 8 verse 35 to 39. I want to show you where authority comes from. Where the revelation starts of authority. Who shall separate us from? Come on, help me. Who shall separate us from? The love of Christ. Let me just pause there. Because if you don't understand the love of Christ, you will never understand authority. If you don't understand that there's a loving God that's standing behind you, there's a loving God that's not just standing behind you, He's not just love, He's almighty. And he's standing there. Let me tell you another story. I feel like I just heard so many stories this past week. Hansi Reineke, my good friend that's planting the church in Croatia. I worked with Hansi in our Victoria church for about five years. And Hansi grew up here in Elsprite. He was, he was he's, he's, just, he's just a champion of note. And his brother, I've, I have the privilege of just getting to know his brother better. And his brother is, he's, 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 he's a man. And his brother's claim to fame is, is you know, you don't mess with Hansi's brother. And Hansi was playing rugby and some of the other people in the other team's supporters did something. And Hansi's brother just went to sort them out. And but he just sorted them out. That's what he does. He's like the human wrecking ball. Why did he sort them, why did he sort them out? Because they were messing with his booty. And you don't mess with this guy's booty. Then you'll, you'll, you'll feel it. Why would God work on our behalf? Why would God heal you if you trust in him for healing? It's because he loves you. Now the tough question. God help me. Why would God help you if he doesn't heal you? Because he loves you. 
I don't want anyone to settle for, for sickness and, and think this is just, I just have to suck it up. But I want to say to you, the God of heaven and earth love you enough to give you exactly what you need. It might not be exactly what you want. And will you still worship him if he doesn't give you exactly what you want? And we start getting that. Philip Pretorius, my good friend, he says, if you struggle to listen to God's nose, you will really hear his yeses. That's submission. And God says, no, could you keep worshiping? Who can separate me from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why do you have authority? Because God loves you. He loves you enough that he sent his only begotten son to step into your life and to say to you, no longer is this average living where you're just living to make it to the end and die. Enough for you. No longer. Not one of you is called to average living. Every one of you is called to live in your birthright and that is bearing God's authority. That is, that is standing strong when things go well. That is praying for the sick and seeing them healed. That is confronting sin and I'm going to give you a list of things that you can stand against that you can take authority over. How do you increase in your authority? Let's take the scripture to, like, to guide us. You need to understand the love of God. You need to understand when Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, go make disciples of all nations, he started the phrase by saying, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go. Don't just think of the Great Commission without the fact that you understand that the one who died for you has taken all authority back from the devil. You need to listen to last week's sermon to fully understand this. Now go and make disciples of all nations. You need to understand the love of God. Do you know him? Have you guys seen many people, many good Christians have forwarded this on, on WhatsApp multiple times? That video clip of this old guy preaching and he says, do you know him? Do you know my Lord? He's the one who calms the sea. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Do you know God? Or do you know God? He loves you. It says here, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What is the devil's victory over our authority? He separates us from God. He gets you to doubt whether you are in a stable relationship with God. If you are the son of God, you will. If you are the son of God, you will. If the devil used it with, the devil, if the devil used it with Jesus, he will use it with you. Because if the devil can separate you from the love of God, you are free target. You hang around people that look you in the eyeball and that say to you, God, do you understand how much God loves you? 
Can I give you an illustration? The book of Job. Job is going through something that no human being should go through. Yet God, in his wisdom, said to the devil, it's okay, you can do this. And Job does everything right. Job chapter 1, 2 and 3, he does everything right in the face of these painful things that happen to him. He does everything right until his friends pitched up. Listen. Chapter 3, his buddies pitched up. And they were so shocked at his predicament that for seven days they said nothing. And that's the first time that Job started doing what is wrong in the eyes of the Lord. And he cursed the day of his birth. You can read it for yourself. Do you hang around people that in the worst predicament of your life that goes to you and say, I don't know your name, but man, God loves you. I don't know what you're going through, but God is worthy of your worship. It's precious in His eyes. So the devil's strategy is to separate you from the love of God. I'm going to show you now why people are so important. His presence makes us more than overcomers. Do you know what a more than an overcomer is? Have you ever thought of that? If you overcome, how can you be more than an overcomer? Have you thought of that? Okay. You know what more than an overcomer is? I heard the story of a, of a boxer. I heard the story in London, his people Bible school. Back in the day. And I had six pack Ruggedly handsome. And you know what more than overcomer is? I heard the story about a heavyweight boxing champion. And he fought against someone else. And I don't know who he fought with, but it was a big battle. And, a, and I don't know in what round, but he eventually won the world title in this boxing association that he was fighting in. And he walked home with his belt and all the millions that he won. And as he got to his house, he knocked on the door. He didn't knock on the door because it was his. So he just opened the door himself. And as he came through the door, he put his belt and all the winnings down. And his wife came to him and she hugged him. You know what the story is? Is he was an overcomer and she was more than an overcomer. Because she didn't have to fight for the money. In all these things, because of Jesus Christ hanging on a cross, taking the punishment, defeating the devil, Colossians 2 verse 15, you need to memorize these scriptures, friends. You need to memorize these scriptures because it will give you power. Because Jesus Christ fought the fight and won the battle and he comes and he puts victory on the table. He doesn't just put forgiveness on the table. You are more than a conqueror. And if you walk in anything less than that, the devil is stealing from you and the kingdom of God is not advancing the way it should. You better understand his love. You better wrestle. As, you, as, you, as he seeks you, let me give you something that will help you with the gospel. Is if you understand that he sought you before you seek him. You will understand His love. If you understand that He loves you before He asks you to love someone else, you will start understanding the gospel. If you understand that God served you before He asks you to serve anyone else, you will understand the gospel. Otherwise, you will just understand religion. 
Then, so first and foremost, you need to understand that you're loved. You need to understand it. You need to wrestle with it. Paul says in Ephesians 4, that you may understand. I pray that the God of heaven would give you the ability to understand the height, the depth, the length, and the, and the, and, and the breadth of the, of the love of God that passes all understanding. Wrestle with it. Understand it. You need to make a decision to trust. Without you making a decision, nothing will happen in your life. Church, God is calling you to make a decision about what you believe about God. And a decision will drive you to action. Take hold. Am I, am I too, too straight with you? Decide to trust Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Choose to do the growth weekend. Choose to sign up for victory training. Because I promise you, you don't know everything about the word. There's no one here in this church that can put their hand up for that. Sign up for victory training, little please. Sign up for spiritual family training. If you haven't done victory training yet, do victory training. If you've done victory training, sign up for making disciples training. It's something that will equip you and it will help you to take hold of what, of what God has taken hold of you for. It will help you to take hold of it, friends. But you need to decide to do it because if I drive you to do it and you do it, and Mike stops driving you, you're going to stop doing it. And then you're really just worshipping Mike and he's a terrible God to worship. He will disappoint you around every corner. But Jesus will never disappoint you. Take hold. So understand his love. Make a decision to trust him. Get to church. Submit to God. The Bible says submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Submit to the word. Do not let anyone teach you anything other than the word of God. Read the word and do it. It's not the knowledge that is lacking in the church. It's the application of the knowledge. If you understand the gospel, you will, be the, you will be the happiest person in the world. That's why I love hanging around with Luan. There's always a smile somewhere. Swanee, how's the smile? David, I can go around this room and I can tell you I love hanging around people who's got word in them. It's just there's something about them. You submit to God. My dear friends, Read the Bible. Lees your Bible bid elke dag. En jy sal groei, groei, groei. I think it's in English as well. Alright, I've got 10 minutes left. Okay, let me step on this nerve. Submit to spiritual leaders. Ephesians 5 verse 19. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music. From your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another as in the reverence of Christ. Submit to one another. God in the Bible says clearly submit to one another. There's a need. You're not going to make it alone. You need to have someone that you submit to at times. Because in areas of your life you're very strong. In areas of your life you're very weak. So you better submit to Lord. I promise you he will submit to you at times as well. This is not about position. This is not vying about you. You can actually you can watch the star. And I saw the parents. The parents are just like, stop it. 
That's forced authority. <laughs> I loved it. Submit to one another. But let's take it a step further. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them for, the, for they are watching over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. Friends, you submit to spiritual leaders that love you. You submit to spiritual leaders. And by default, I'm talking about myself. You know how difficult that is for me as a pastor? But I say to you, I'm saying this to you, if we don't equip you, if we don't give you the truth of the word of God, in love, in humility, in the fear of the Lord, you will always stay a victim and you will never step into victory. And there's some of you that absolutely hate this verse. If you're wired like me, you really don't like it. I was a rebel against authority. But I was one of those rebels who obeyed on the outside, but I was rebelling on the inside. Any takers? Any? Honestly, come on, Swanee, thanks. I've got a friend in you, dude. But you, 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 you like on the outside, you're like, oh, see, sure. But inside, your heart shall sit, man, my heart shall like star, man. <laughs> yes, I will sing, but in my heart I will be quiet. Submit to your leaders, dear friends. Submit to people who's living a life where you can see they are not asking you to do anything in your worship than what they are not doing in their lives. Because authority is delegated. Then, you, then the next step is steward his love. You steward his love. Luke 6 verse 35 to 38 says, But love your enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. He's merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you at good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Part of authority is that you don't just use authority to benefit yourself. You, know, you don't use your spiritual authority to build your own pulpit. You allow God to build a pulpit for you. Because if God places you, God will keep you. If you place yourself, you'll have to keep yourself. Let's speak to you. Just turn on God TV and ask those people how difficult it is to stay up there. And then you ask, why is the church so rife with scandals and with things that you don't want to hear? It's because people are building their own little platform. And they say, oh, worship me, worship me. Because if it really is all about me, I will use God's power to build my pulpit. You will not use God. The world might give you a pulpit. The world might elevate you a little bit. But I promise you, the world will take that away from you very quickly. Because the devil is no man's buddy. Okay, going to end off with this. What authority do we have in Christ? If you look at what Christ overcame, you will know that that authority has been delegated to you. Christ overcame sin. 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 55 to 57. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus. Where do you need to take authority over sin in your life? How does it look to take authority over sin in your life? Is you take to, you take this you take the sin to where the sin's power is taken away from us. So if you can't deal with the sin yourself, you go to the one. Amen. You go to the one and say, Lord, I am struggling. Will you pray with me? Because if you confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, what? You will be healed. And I believe the word of God. Jesus overcame sin. He overcame sickness. Isaiah 53. You can read the whole book of Isaiah, the whole chapter of Isaiah 53. Any medical experts in the room, you can study all the classifications of medical dysfunctions in people's lives. And you can find every single one of them in Isaiah 53. And by his stripes, we have been healed. We have been healed. God will heal every single one of us fully, completely, totally, 100%. When you open your eyes in heaven, I promise you, there's no sickness, sin, or suffering in the heaven. And we are crying and we are groaning and creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God that understands what authority God gives them. 1 Peter 2 verse 24, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might not die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. Sorry, that's Isaiah 53. By his wounds, we have been healed. We can claim the healing of Jesus Christ in our lives. We're going to pray for people now. Jesus overcame the devil. Colossians 2.15 God disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. He put them to open shame. Jesus overcame the devil. There was a time where the devil came to Jesus and he said, I will give you all authority over this earth. And then we see after the crucifixion, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth belongs to me. Jesus overcame the world. John 16 verse 33. I have said these things to you that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome this world. The power of death. And this we will see one day when we, in God's glory... 2 Timothy 1 verse 10 And which now has been manifested through the appearing of the Savior Christ Jesus who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, if we understand what Jesus overcame, it gives you an indication of what you can overcome in That's the authority we have. You will no longer be defined by sin, by sickness, by Satan, by the world or by the power of death. Some of you need to hear this. You will no longer be defined by sin because you know when you're all alone in your room and there's no one around, what voice you hear. You know how sickness defines you and how sickness speaks through over you. There's a spiritual voice that you're constantly hearing and it defines you. You will not get over this. This is going to take your life. This is just too much for you. It's not too much in the, in the name of Jesus. Satan, what is the word of God? Uh, what does is, what is the devil say over you? The world. What does the world say about you? What does your colleague say about you? And is their words more defining than the word of God? And then the power of death, finally. 
and they say grain falls to the ground and he dies, there be no fruit. Your life will continue when you die and you will be with Jesus for all of eternity. That's where our authority lies, in Christ Jesus. And we're going to pray for that right now. If you don't understand that God loves you, this will not make sense to you. Some of you need to understand that God loves you. Beyond your religion. I want to pray for you. There's some of you that need to understand that God overcome, overcame these things. And the reason why He will manifest it is to show you how much He loves you. And the reason He might give you the strength to bear it is to show you how much He loves you. 